please enter room 2008. Once again, on twitch.tv slash room2008ENT, tonight we are going to infiltrate the Skull and Bone Secret Society. How do you feel about that, UFO vape blower? <laughs> I want to hit the vape. Yeah, you are. And and we do have, he says he's a member, but I'm not sure. He goes by Big Bonesman. Throne Bones, baby. You need to put a, a rating on here. Make sure no kids are here and you talk about infiltrating anything. Infiltrating Big Bones. That's what we do here. What? Uh, and I am esoteric. Uh, vape blower is just gonna laugh oh, the whole entire episode. He's not feeling so well. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of slow tonight. If you're watching this on Twitch, um, again, look at him. You can tell he's not well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were just on Spotify, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, that yeah. But now we're gonna be getting into some crazy stuff tonight. Um, I'd, I'd heard about uh, Skull and Bones the past few years, but um just kind of heard some surface level things about them you know uh so it was really interesting to dig into them the past past few days on, on doing some research so uh but before we get into it uh we would like to ask y'all to follow us on room 2008 ent2 at twitter room 2008 ent2 uh, shoot us an email room 2008 ent at gmail.com if you have any suggestions stories uh anything you want us to read on the show dealing with conspiracies uh tiktok Room 2008 ENT, we're everywhere. Follow us. Nice. Hell yeah. Man, so how do you feel, Drew, that you didn't get accepted into the bone, uh, Skull and Bones? Sucks. I was really looking forward to it. All those years yeah. at Yale, and then you didn't get accepted, and you went to what, Delta State or Two, $250,000 down the drain. You almost yeah. said bowl and scones. I love scones. <laughs> big, big scone guy. I always thought scones sounded like, a, like an ailment. Like, oh, I went to the doctor, man. I got the scones. <laughs> oh, yeah, big scone guy. Blueberry, only blueberry, and they can't yep. be too high and crumbly. Welcome to Room Two Thousand Eight. <laughs> We're getting. <laughs> we need to do the intro again. Yeah. So, uh, I know we have a lot to cover on popping skull it. and bones. So, um, I'm really anxious to hear about. Because I didn't do any research on what it is, but a lot of how it influences uh, in to American politics, etc. So let's let's hit it hard. All right, <laughs> the Skull and Bones, also known as the Order, also known as Order Three Twenty Two, or Peter's favorite, the Brotherhood of Death. Oh wow! Is an undergraduate senior secret student society. Say that five times fast at Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut. The oldest senior class society at the university, Skull and Bones has become a cultural institution known for its powerful alumni and various conspiracy theories. It's one of the big three societies at Yale, the other two being Scroll and Key and Wolf's Head. I'd have gone for Wolf's Head. Peter, would you have gone for Scroll and Key? 
<laughs> it's like a whole bunch there's, of nerds playing chess. There's like an Elmo Club too, right? It's, it's actually called the Elmo Club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, it, there's just so many weird clubs. Yeah. No, weird um, the uh, they have Captain Sig at uh Yale. Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. But yeah, I so many. Presidents and prominent figures have come out of Skull and Bones from the bushes to all the way back to Taft. Wasn't it Taft's grandfather that founded it? It's grandfather or father, yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Uh, All the way back to Taft. Mm -hmm. So yeah, doing some research, I came across two just huge books about this. Uh, The first one being America's Secret Establishment, an introduction to the Order of Skull and Bones. And then also fleshing out skull and bones, hmm. um, a ton of good information about how it started. Even goes into some of the rituals um, and, and some of the conspiracy theories about it. So this this is where I'm getting a lot of my information from. So, uh, but like I said, it's one of them's like over a thousand pages. The other one's like seven hundred pages. So it's a lot of it's a lot of reading. I just uh, skimmed through those stones, Yeah, I just skimmed through a lot of uh, chapters that sounded interesting. Uh, you know, to kind of go from there. So, uh, Peter, what is the order? How did it begin? Do you know? I know. Oh, I know it was founded by, uh, what was the dude's name? Um, I had it here. Incorrect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know it was either Tav's father or grandfather. That uh, was, was one uh, uh, it looks like it was the father. Okay. So apparently this was a, like a, a German branch or, or a branch of a German secret society, which I didn't know. Um, I'll get into that in a minute, but uh, it's, it's an American chapter. I guess you, you should say it was founded in 1832 at Yale. So we're coming up on the 200 year anniversary uh, next decade. Hmm. Wow. How are we going to celebrate that? Hmm. It was uh, founded by general William Huntington Russell. What a name. And Alfonso Taft. There it is. So, I mean, right off the get-go, you have two very prominent uh, – General Will- William Huntington Russell was a Civil War general. Alfonso Taft was not only the father of President Taft, but he w- also became the Secretary of War in the Ulysses S. Grant administration. Aha! Uh-huh. Funny thing, it used to be called Secretary of War back then. Nowadays, we know it as the Secretary of Defense. That's a little uh, propaganda, <laughs> PR propaganda for you. Yeah. Wow. So um, – Based on what this book is saying, the order is not just another campus Greek letter frat. Uh, chapter 322, a.k.a. Skull and Bones, is a secret society whose members are sworn to silence. It only exists on Yale's campus. There's no campus at, you know, University of North Carolina and in Texas. You know, there's no, it's not like a regular social fraternity where you have chapters right. all over the country. Um it only exists on Yale. And we're going to go on Google Maps as we always do. Not always do, but most of the time we do. Uh, and see if we can find this place uh, where they have their meetings. So uh, it only exists on the Yale campus. It has rules, has ceremonial rights. Um, it refers to uh, civilians, I guess, so to speak, as outsiders and vandals. Um, its members always deny membership. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of videos of all the uh, the elites being asked. Well, the politicians, you know, George Bush and them, they always did not. You can't talk about Fight Club. And even George Bush was on video saying, "Put that down as the most uh, 
weird question I've ever been asked as president of the United States. Like bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was reading this. This is on Business Insider, uh, describing the location, the tomb, as it's called, mm-hmm. a windowless building on 64 High Street. The tomb serves as the club's headquarters. Oh, Peter, the you're roof- on High Street right now, right? <laughs> Not tonight. Getting there. Uh, the roof is a landing pad for a private helicopter, according to Alexandra Robbins' book. Secrets of the Tomb. Skull yeah, I listened, um, I listened to two different old Coast to Coast episodes with her from 2003 and 2004, I think it was. So oh, she, okay. She's got a lot of good information on this. I wasn't aware there was a Coast to Coast. Uh, for, for that, Perk, and others, Bonesmen must swear total allegiance to the club. New members reportedly divulge intimate personal details, including their full sexual histories, before they're abducted. They also agree to give part of their estates to the club, but in return, they receive the promise of lifelong financial stability so they won't feel tempted to sell the club's secrets, Robbins writes. Hmm. From among those business titans, politicians, wait, no, I'm sorry. From among those business titans, politicians, and three U.S. presidents, uh, they, they compiled a list here of all like the most prominent figures. Yeah, well, and, we can get it. We, yeah, we can we can get into that in a minute once we go through. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Continue. I wanted to talk about the tune for a second. Yeah. So it's you. You can only become a member your senior year. It's not. It's not like I said. It's not a social fret where you pledge your freshman year and you go your whole college career, you know, doing it and, and everything like that. You Gotta get selected. Do what? Got to earn it. Yep. You get selected as a junior, and you don't solicit yourself to them. They do their research on you, um, and, and so and, and they only select fifteen members per per year. Right. So, so it's it's crazy of how small of a circle that, that you're in, you know. So and then, um, and then at Yale, so it's not like a, y'all you know. talk at the same time. Sorry. Go uh, ahead. It's just crazy for all like to be such a small group. For them all to become such prominent political figures, yeah. and there's even like astrophysicists and you know scientists and uh, uh, you know business people and all that. So well, it is Yale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. So they get selected. Let's say we go to Yale. It's April of our junior year, going into our senior year. That's when you get selected. Apparently. You're, you know, you could be anywhere on campus, whatever. You could be taking a dump. You could be eating in the cafeteria. You could be in class. And a patriarch, I believe is what they're called when you're actually a member, um, will, will come up behind you and tap you and say, skull and bones, re- accept or reject. And I found this really interesting because that's what they call it. They said, you've been, you've been tapped. If you, if you read news pieces or anything like that like when a new ceo selected of a company they'll always say you know comcast taps joe blow as their new you know chief financial officer they always say that word taps Mm. so i wonder if that's maybe that's where that comes from maybe maybe not i don't know yeah the the touch on that so they used to have tap tap day you you hear what we're talking at the same time, huh? But, but, but anyways, they used to have tap day. And so everybody would go out into a lawn and then they would go around in different fraternities, uh, societies, whatever would, would tap on certain people and then say, you know, 
uh, skull and bones do you accept or or scroll and whatever do you accept and then they would go off and everybody would be kind of blindfolded nobody would know who went where and, and who did what and it's kind of that's it right but there's a lot of backlash in that over the years and i think now the tap day is like you're saying in a setting to where it's not necessarily one day where everybody goes out and gets judged and tapped and all this they come to you and find you but that was a university uh change on that tap day used to be where everybody got together am i correct on that did you hear anything otherwise i I didn't even know about that yeah tap day so uh, our remote viewer asks, what are they looking for in potential members? Uh, for my research, uh, what was her name? Alexandra Robbins. She said that they are looking for people who will serve the club best after graduation, meaning uh, who will reflect best on the club, meaning uh, they'll be successful, make, make you know, large amounts of money, be able to keep the secret, be put, you know, be able to be in, in positions of power, stuff like that. Cause like I said, they don't do any from uh, Alexandra Robbins is, research uh, she apparently spoke to several uh bonesmen uh they don't do any type of philanthropy they don't give back to the community it's strictly a power uh yeah. like that's what it's for it's it's to get your members power it's it's a it's a fraternity brotherhood to it's a it's, Over, a, it's a postgraduate fraternity you know to to, to it's a power grab you know, I'd say over 90%, and there's a list out there and I don't know if if, if esoteric has it and if we're going to talk about it but there's about 90% of all skull and bones are senators, congressmen, uh, political figures, uh, Supreme court justices. Uh, you know, there's a few presidents in there, uh, ambassadors of different countries, everybody, um, or the majority of everybody that goes through skull and bones. If you hear about them, it's all with, um, politics and high up politics. And we're talking people that make decisions for the country, not just, guy running for mayor um people that have have been on the team of multiple presidents making decisions for those presidents and helping guide those presidents and then those presidents some of those presidents were part of skull and bones and then the people that are making i mean it's so in-depth and i had no idea about the um how far this went in the depth before looking into it and it really is insane on just how organized it actually is when you start looking into it and these are the same people that attend Bohemian Grove and Bilderberg. Alexander Robbins says she doesn't know of any connection between the two. Well, well it's the same elite circle, but it has right. no connection with Skull and Bones. Yeah. Right. It's, 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 it's the same circles. Like they'll, eventually, yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll eventually be there. Yeah. Right. So there are all these clubs that they can go to. Like it's like a Venn diagram. Right. It's like Skull and Bones is the college, and then it's obviously after college – but then when you have your career, Bohemian Grove is the career society, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, but they're intertwined. So, uh, 322 is a very prominent number in there. That's, uh, I'll get into this in a minute. That's basically, that's, that's the room number of where a lot of the rituals take place for initiations. Um, some people say the significance of 322 is, uh, William Russell imported the society from Germany. And so it has been argued that 322 stands for 32 from 1832 the second chapter of this German organization. There might possibly be a chapter 320 and 321. Um, and another interpretation is that the order is descended from a Greek fraternal society dating back to 322 BC. 
this perhaps has some credibility because Bones records are dated by adding 322 to the current year. So, for example, records originating in 1950 are dated Anno, I don't even know how to say this, Anno Demosthenes 2272. You've got it. Good job, man. I don't know if that's it or not. So, a lot of uh, a lot of symbolism in this in this thing, you know. Right. So well, let's go to where they do the rituals and all their dirty deeds. So I have a story about this. If you okay. want to go into it, this uh, uh, M. Linegar says, "I wonder if they have pledges to do embarrassing stuff." Uh, vape blower, have you ever pledged, and did you ever do any embarrassing stuff? I did. I did. Yeah. I heard probably, you slipped on some stairs. Probably nothing as bad as uh, these these guys have to do, but uh, that's part of, uh, I, I guess, any secret society is that you have to be, uh, uh, what's the word, initiated. You yeah, know, you have you to have camaraderie, you know? Yeah, you well, got like to like, get spanked and, uh, you know, yeah, blindfolded. And- is that what happens at your house, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so I, I have a story real quick to kind of set the setting, if that's all right. Go ahead, Esoteric. I know you want to say no, something. I was, I was just going to go into uh, the, some of the embarrassing stuff that they do have to do. Oh, you know, all right. So which, this would be good then. <laughs> Keep oh, cutting right. you off, man. All right. So um, I, I, I found this story I thought was pretty interesting. I, it's kind of if you close your eyes and kind of think it through. So, you know, you, you have your uh, college fraternities and stuff like that, you know, and you do crazy stuff and you build camaraderie with your guys. Just so, you know, it's a fraternity thing, but so one student, uh, Jonathan Edwards, he uh, lived by a dorm right by there. And he said uh, that on April evenings, you know, following tap night, which was when everybody went out and then kind of went their ways when they got tapped. If one climbed the tower of Weir Hall, the odd castle that overlooks the bone courtyard, You'll hear strange cries and moans come from the tomb. As uh, fifteen and newly, I know this is going to pause with you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know their initiation. I don't know what kind of moans, but uh, strange cries and moans come from the tomb. As a, as the fifteen newly tapped members were put through what sounded like horroring ordeals, returning alone to my room late at night, I would always cross the street rather than walk the sidewalk. That was right in front of the bones. Even at that safe distance, something distance, something about it made my skin crawl. And um, just kind of described, I mean, he obviously said it a lot better, but um, there's something going on during the initiation for such a, for such an elite deal. And uh, so I'm interested to hear what you got on it. Yeah. Uh, one of the, I think Peter may have mentioned it a second ago. One of the, crazy things they have to do is in like a dimly lit room. Um, I don't know if this takes part in room 322. It might, but in front of a picture of a lady, I can't remember the lady's name. It's some like, no pun intended, esoteric name. I can't remember uh, what it is, but they, they have to go through their full sexual history, starting from the very first time they masturbated to current, like current day. Yeah. And it's like, why do they want to know that? Yeah, so that she was at uh, Alexandra Robbins was asked that. Um, Bait blowers like, how much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I got all night. All right, <laughs> hope y'all are getting the master degree. Two hundred sixty-three. I started at thirteen and didn't skip a day. <laughs> I saw the little Debbie box and I got to thinking. <laughs> <laughs> 
That okay. was an easy <laughs> Two birds with one stone, you know? <laughs> oh my god, my lungs hurt. <laughs> so one uh this when it was on coast to coast, uh, George Nori was the host at this time. So uh he, he asked that same question. He's like, Why the like why would why would anybody want to know that? So they're she was like, maybe their reasoning is for potential blackmail, um, you know, for future purposes, if you ever want to uh, Stormy Daniels go against the anybody in the society, they, they have that dirt on you. Right. Kind of thing. So, but it's really weird. It, they probably make it where you have to kill somebody. Maybe. And they, have, and they have proof of it. So then they got you. Yeah. So. Or maybe something, you know, worse. I think, I think you're getting into the uh, whole Illuminati section mm-hmm. yeah getting into some hole i'm sure they i'm sure they do more than burn a human effigy there was something i saw too uh they were talking about mud baths you know you gotta i don't know maybe they have you do this in a bathtub full of mud which whatever i i, I don't know who knows um and i know they collect skulls they even have a ritual where they drink uh Fake yeah. Blood. yeah, they have to drink. Yeah, that's that's part of you know. It's in the same time frame as when they have to give their sexual history. You know, they drink they drink fake blood out of a goblet, I guess. Right. Um, they have to. One guy's like dressed up as the Pope or something like that, and they have to kiss his shoe. It's a lot of crazy shit. <laughs> that's so weird. Like the symbolism. Like I, I don't even know where to begin. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and find some pictures. What was that? I don't know my brain thinking about I don't I don't know if I believe any of these really initiations with these high up elite groups. Well, um, Alexander Robbins supposedly interviewed several uh, bonesmen, as they're called. Um, and that's she was she was told the same story by the one she talked to. So. Who knows? And don't don't haven't they collected famous. Uh, no, no, let's we'll, we'll get into that later. <laughs> Surely we have some bonesmen that'll comment on here and, and tell us what they actually do. I don't know because at, at any given time there's 800 active members, which is a Damn. very which is cr- that's not even a lot because if you look at the Freemasons, you know there, there's probably millions of Freemasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're at like one of yeah. the they're closer to the top of the pyramid, obviously, and they have yeah. them. That, um, so I was going to show a picture. This is um this is right on Yale's campus where they have their meetings. Uh, nobody's allowed to go in. Uh, this building right here, the tomb. Uh, this picture on 18, let's see. Yeah, so on uh, September 29th, 1876, a group calling itself the Order of File and Claw broke into the Skull and Bones Holy of Holies. In the tomb, they found Lodge Room 324, quote, fitted up in black velvet, even the walls being covered up with the material. Upstairs was Lodge Room 322, the sanctum, sanctorum of the temple, furnished in red velvet with a pentagram on the wall. In the hall are pictures of the founders of Bones at Yale and members of the Society in Germany, where the chapter was established in 1832. Wow. A, a so, pentagram, huh? Huh? A pentagram, huh? Pentagram, yeah. But yeah, the, uh, the t- they call it the tomb, and it looks pretty pretty creepy. Yeah. They've built around that since, though. I'm oh, sure. yeah. Yeah, we're going to go into uh, Google Earth here in a little bit and see if we can, see if we can find it. Could Ooh, this all have something to do with Satan? Possibly. You can say so. I mean, call it what you want, skull and bones and everything. It's kind of yeah. demonic. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- I think this book kind of goes into it. I think Alexandra Robbins says she didn't really find anything to link to it. 
but but who knows? It probably is. Man, Dude, let's do some Google Maps. I want to see that place. I want to see it too. Oh, and uh, there was a couple of things I wanted to say about just how how deep the influence of uh, its members goes. Uh, we can maybe we can wait maybe, but uh, I found something super interesting that I did not know about. <clears throat> One of the members, class of eighteen eighty, Walter Camp. Do y'all know about this? Uh, known as the father of American football. Oh yeah, Camp huh. with other classmates developed the game from the Brits' version of rugby. He played in the first rugby game at Yale against Harvard in 1876. Camp created many of modern football's rules, such as assessment of points and limiting the field team to 11 men per side. But most importantly, he brought organization and esteem to the game, serving on the rules committee until his death. Camp also established the National College Athletic Association, still operating today, during World War One, most of the armed forces conditioned using conditioned using these tactics. So that's uh, that's pretty huge. Damn, we know how popular football is, and uh, you know how it's overtaken society. Yeah, and uh, which could have been the ploy from the beginning. It's it's our great distraction. And then <clears throat> one more quick one more quick note while we're while we're looking uh, for this location. I found another guy, uh, class of 1935, Lehman Spitzer, a noted astrophysicist. Spitzer dreamed up the idea behind the Hubble Space Telescope, the first method to observe space uninhibited by Earth's atmosphere. He also lobbied NASA and Congress for the funds that oversaw production of the actual machine. After 44 years, NASA launched the Hubble Space uh, telescope uh, into space. The Hubble remains there today, providing stunning images of the universe and making new discoveries. Um, <clears throat> so again, we see they're behind the the biggest, you know, entertainment distraction in the country, and they're also behind they're they're behind NASA and all the stuff. So like this is these are the guys that facilitate the lie in my opinion the higher right. ups that facilitate the lie the big lie right well let's go to the tomb and see if they're there All right, so, we, so we are in uh new haven connecticut if you're not watching this on spotify um gotta find yale let's uh let's see if we can i don't know if this name streets or not does this name streets Maybe it'll be better to go to Google Maps. Look at your internet so go. So right now we're getting Google Maps to, to go down in uh, Yale campus to find this the tomb. Yeah, this Google Maps will name streets. Google Earth doesn't. All right, so here's Yale University. All right, let's look for High Street. Look for Peter. <laughs> All right, so there's Whitney. There it is, High Street. Bam. Yes. All right, let's see if we get there. There it is, right here. Yeah. Oh shit. It says Skull and Bones on Google Maps. There it is. Look at that. Wow. We are here. We are live on High Street. <laughs> I was hoping there was like a bubble you could go in, you know, where, where people can oh, yeah. do that. It's like a museum. I love to go out to a scene like this, like with a microphone. 
like set up a table kind of like uh crowder well if we could get our uh bud light sponsor online then uh i could even have like a skull out there with some with some cranberry juice bones. in it you're like you want to drink this um, yeah nobody's nobody's allowed in except for members um it's like the mini bohemian grove or the uh thing in san francisco you know that they have the uh yeah. oh, what's it called people are walking by just oblivious i know yeah these people probably have no idea like who's been through this building they're like i i gotta get to my class meanwhile they're walking in your by, starbucks they're walking by a, like the evilest of evil places. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. At Yale University. At Yale University. Let me uh, see what we can go through next on this. Um, so we already went through how a member's chosen by the order. Um, uh, you get tapped. Yep. Yeah, tap day. Shows up. So, entry into the order is accompanied by an elaborate ritual and no doubt psychological conditioning. For example, quote, immediately on entering uh, the bones, the neophyte, which neophyte means like a new member, like uh, for layman's terms, the neophyte's name is changed. He is no longer known by his name as it appears in the college catalog, but it's more like a monk or a knight or uh, a saint, uh, so on and so forth. The old knights are then known as patriarchs. So, if you're already a member, then you're known mm. as a patriarch. Um, so yeah, uh, catalogs and member membership lists were published until like 1970 something, but they're not doing that anymore. I think like 1992 may have been the last one actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the skull and bone stuff was passed. It was all passed. Now everybody's saying it's just kind of uh, might as well be a museum. Like they still have yeah. it, but it's it's not as prominent is yeah it's like it's like area 51 it's like the cool thing to like you can joke about it now kind not joke but you can you know yeah everybody everybody knows about it kind of thing so like yeah when 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 everyone's got knowledge about it that's really not where stuff's happening anymore the football team started joining yep that's what happened (laughs) (laughs) and then it went a different direction now they're like oh we might as well just shut this fraternity down yeah, they're like it's not the same anymore. <laughs> People are different now. <laughs> they're all they're, they're on Twitter they're and TikTok. There, like, mm, yeah, the they're probably on TikTok and Skull and Bones during their initiation. And China has all the the scoops on who's who, the who's who coming up in oh. American politics. Oh yeah, I, I bet you they don't allow phones in that thing. Yeah, Peter, do you think oh. they allow phones in that thing? I just said 6040. So, I want to go into uh, influenced American politics, unless you want to touch on something else before we go into that. I got a lot of stuff to tap on. All right, well, let's tap it. They even own their own island called Deer Island. Oh. That's where all their retreats happen. Oh. Uh, Order's retreat is uh, Deer Island. Uh, it's on the Alexandria Bay on the St. Lawrence River in New York. Island was donated in 1906 by Patriarch Miller. It's been renovated over the years, but particularly in the 50s and eight, 1950s and 1980s. So imagine, just like, you know, your boy's island down in the Caribbean. Um, Paradise you know, Island? Who? Is it Paradise Island or what? Sure. Little St. James. 
you know, and then Bohemian Grove, all the crazy stuff, all the networking and, and degenerate evil stuff that goes there. Think about what goes on on this deer island. I wonder, um, can we look at the island? If I can find it. What if, what if there's a what if there's another Ellen DeGeneres set looking temple? <laughs> God. These people are freaks. Out in the open. How about that deer hunt. I, wonder, how only, I, I just searched for Deer Island and the only one I can find is off of Massachusetts off of Boston. So that's not it. Yeah, we don't want to spend time finding that, but yeah. Deer Island. Okay. Sounds like you're writing a letter. <laughs> <laughs> to Mr. Island. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's where a lot of networking goes on where um, you know, they can meet alumni and and you know, all the all the shit goes down, you know. A lot of robe wearing, I, I assume. What's up with robes? A lot of robing and rubbing. I just, People like, want to feel important, you know. They wear a robe. In all honesty, uh, when I was pledging, I'm not going to say with who or whatever, but right. uh, I saw robes one night, and I laughed out loud. I just couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. Like, yeah. I see a robe, I'm laughing. Like so, I, <laughs> I just no, can't handle robes. <laughs> like, no, they're ridiculous. It's just, but what else are you going to wear? A cape? I mean, you got to do something. You don't want to wear a mat. You don't want to wear a, a Spider-Man mask. I mean, you know. <laughs> and everything, you know, if, you, if everything you look back, back in the, uh, uh, when they, for like the Europe and, and everything else, you know, you, you always imagine those uh, dark candlelit caves, people wearing those robes, like Lord of the Rings looking down. And when you yeah. look up in the scene, you, all you can see is just, you know, the mouth and something mysterious yeah. about it. And, you know, the whole thing with the skull and bones is it was all supposed to be unknown, uh, anonymous. Like, you know, Nobody knew who was tapping. Nobody knew who was getting tapped. Nobody knew who was doing the ceremonies. Nobody knew who was being initiated. And then you don't know who's part of the program when you leave, but they know. And mm -hmm. so uh, robes just kind of make it more mysterious. And if you wear those masks, we should have wore robes tonight. Sure. <laughs> well, mine didn't come in on Amazon. But um, if you wear masks, it's just creepy. You can wear a robe and it's something serious, ritual. But uh, you wear yeah. a mask and it's like, uh, uh, what's that show? Uh, Tom Cruise, not Vanilla Sky, but the uh, American oh, eyes wide, shut. eyes wide shut. You get more of a, 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 yeah, you get more of that kind of vibe. And yeah, George, yeah, George Norrie brought that up in the interview. Um, that, it, that it related a lot to uh, Skull and Bones. There was another movie called Skulls that came out in 2000. Yeah, I never saw that. I but, um, the other night, decided not to. Something about but it. she said, uh, Alexander Robbins said it was a like a romanticized version of the skull and bones. Like that's what people want, like think they are. So it was very overly exaggerated and and stuff like that. So I don't think anybody from Skull and Bones has to prove themselves or, or try to act like they're something. I think you they know? do. You think? Then they're trying to fit in, be cool, go to frat parties, that's and all gotta, that's why they got to get their power positions. I got the skulls. I got the bone. Peter's got the bone. <laughs> So I'm itching to get it. American political influence, man. Let's do this. What what else we got? 
I got a shit ton more, but you can go ahead and go in. Well, let's get through it. I want to hear some more goodies. Um, let's hey, see. Baby. I mean, because I mean, some of the stuff like once you bring up certain people, I can go into some other stuff I have to say. All right, so let me get this off my chest. Okay, take your shirt off. So, um, people will say, "Well, it's conspiracy, skull and bones." <laughs> Anyways, all right. So, uh, some examples of how Skull and Bones members have influenced American political history. It's as cool to talk about Skull and Bones as like a fraternity, or it's not. It's not a sorority. Go ahead and say that it's a social club. But long story short, how does it really affect the United States of America? And is it more of just maybe it was random that these presidents, you know, George W. Bush and everybody became president and Taft, and maybe that's coincidence because we're talking about Yale. Talking about one of the most prestigious colleges in the United States. So the odds are the people attending these colleges will end up being on our hot sheet of these mysterious social. Uh, like, you know, if I was president of the United States, I'm sure they'd go back and be like, oh, Captain Sigmund's blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I mean, who knows? But I'm not president. Um, so what, uh, what members have influenced American political history? So, first, I want to talk about the uh, Harriman's Bank involvement with the Nazi war effort during World War II. The Union Banking Corporation, which was controlled by Avril Harriman, remember that name, Harriman, continued to do business with Nazi Germany even after the United States had declared war on Germany. This led to allegations that Harriman and other bonesmen were sympathetic to the Nazi cause. Start getting into a little bit about what their causes are. So let's break this down, if you will. George H.W. Bush had a connection with the Harriman family through his father, Prescott Bush, Skull and Bones Initiate 1917, Prescott Bush. Prescott Bush, who was a successful banker and politician, had a close relationship with Avril Harriman, another Skull and Bones, a prominent member of the Skull and Bones in 1913 and founder of Harriman's Bank, who controlled the Union Bank Corporation. Harriman's Bank, just remember that. You have uh, Prescott Bush, Skull and Bones. You have Harriman's Skull and Bones. During World War II of 1935 to 45, both Prescott Bush and Avril Harriman served as members of the U.S. government's War Industries Board. They worked together in coordination, the production and allocation of war materials for the United States. So the fun fact is that, and in, in, uh, uh, so you have two Bonesmen right there working together, right? Two, I mean, everybody knows one of the two names, right? So in the 1930s, Bush served as a partner at the investment banking firm Brown Brothers Brown Brothers Harriman, BBH, and uh, was co-founder by Avril Harriman's father, E.H. Harriman. But anyways, the firm continued to be led by the Harrison's families. So you had Bush and the Harriman's families, both skull and bones, working side by side in business. And in, and in politics for, you know, when they were the U.S. Government War Industries Board at the time, right? Right. Uh, Harriman had the bank. And Bush was a, uh, a partner in the, in the investment banking firm of Brown's Brothers Harriman, which was the beginning phases of Harriman's bank. So let's talk about Harrison's, uh, Harris, uh, Harriman's, oh my God, the uh, uh, Harriman's bank and its relationship with the Tyson Bank. Now, vape blower, you know what Tyson bank is by uh, chance i'm familiar with tyson chicken all right same thing same exact thing now so <laughs> the son of august tyson who started the bank 
was a majority shareholder in the bank. He had close ties to the Nazi party and Adolf Hitler. The bank facilitated financial transactions and investments that supported the Nazi war effort. Tyson Bank was the bank that the Nazis banked through for their war efforts. Aha. Uh-huh. And all right, so they banked through the Harriman's Bank. So the investigators, after all this, concluded that the Harriman's, uh, I can't, I don't know why I keep messing that up, but anyways, the Harriman's Union Banking Corporation has since its inception handled funds chiefly supplied to it through the Dutch Bank by the Tyson interest for the American investments. So what that means is you had the uh, the uh, Harriman's Union Banking Corporation directly sending money uh, through a Dutch bank for the Tyson interest for so, so like that was the way Germany was able to invest in America and they were connected through the Harriman's Bank, which again you had George W. Bush or George W. Uh, H. Bush on the on the board of Harriman's Bank. And they were doing all this, and they had their German interest, the Tyson interest, um, investing in America, and they were back and forth. So you have Avril Harriman and Prescott Bush, the leaders in the bank in Manhattan, and both prominent bonesmen working with Fritz Tyson and others, establishing a money link to support the backers and sponsors of Adolf Hitler from 1924 and onward. They were directly, and so much that uh oh i'm about to get to uh i'm sorry if this is confusing to everybody because this took me a minute to kind of wrap my head around and I, I try to make it make sense but um anthony suddens who wrote the trilogy of books called the western technology and soviet economic development he discussed the question of the union banking corporation as a nazi front and it turns out that the u.s government had to act against the tyson bush Harriman bank connection under a certain kind of order called the vesting order. So basically the United States government had set up a rare order because nobody really knows what a vesting order is. Typically they set up a rare order to seize and shut down the Tyson uh, Bush Harriman Nazi banking complex. So the U S government had to intervene to shut this connection down. Um, and so I, I, you know, I don't, it's it's one of these deals where you're talking about old money and when you have my thought is when you have big um finance people at play in politics such as like the dupont and and the rockefeller who was also a bonesman in 1930 was initiated um and harriman companies bonesman and their collaborator uh their uh their uh people they're collaborating with and the richest companies in germany at the highest levels of German society, when the United States government took out vesting orders against the richest people in Germany and New York, that's that's a pretty big move. And yeah. all the players involved were all bonesmen. Yeah. So, you know, how it impacts in, in the history of America, well, you know, that's one thing right there. It's just... Yeah. Um, and I, I read somewhere else. I read somewhere else that they were doing. I don't know if it was something similar, but they also aided in some way the Soviet Union during World War II. So they were playing both sides. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So uh, they had, oh, what's his name? Um, 
the ambassador of the Soviet Union was, uh, oh my gosh, I hate myself for not remembering this dude's name, but he was one of the political figures under multiple presidents. He was an ambassador of the Soviet Union under, I think it was, uh, it was when they had, uh, oh my gosh, I don't want to butcher it. I'm trying to, you know, I took, I took out that note, but since you brought it up, I'm like, yes, you're exactly right. Like they had ties. They were going to these meetings um, with all the important people around the world and making decisions. Right. And um, and then we would eventually bring in the Germans to end World War II. Um, so it's like there was some sort of communication and there was a foundation of something there. Um, that- yeah, there was a big connection with, with, again, it goes back to business and politics. So, you know, that was... Uh, George Bush, you know, Prescott Bush and all that back in the day. You had George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush. But the Harrison family doesn't exist anymore. It's the Bush family. Yeah. Um, So think about what you want with the Bush family. But there's a few things I want to say about that. For one, I I saw that the uh, George George Bush was sworn in by Supreme Court Justice Potter Stewart. And can you guess the relevance behind that? Potter Stewart was a bonesman. Of course. Supreme Court Justice. Of course. And, uh, you know, there's there's just so much in depth with with uh, people that came out of Yale through Skull and Bones. You know, you think it's a simple college, 15 people a year, but yet you look at your government and you can start piecing everything together and who was friends with who ran banks and who, uh, I mean, you know, that's, that's a pretty big thing with the whole war in the U.S. having to come in and, and stop that connection with, Germany against this one of the largest banks in America. Um, so yeah, the Bush family has been in it since the very beginning, uh, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's and, uh, more things. Yeah, and I mean, it goes all the way down to George W. Bush. So he, he was one of the biggest legacy initiates, you know, probably ever in there. Mm-hmm. So, you ever heard of the uh, October Surprise? I've heard of October Surprise, but not probably the specific one you're talking about, no. So to kind of go in a little bit about that, and I'll, I'll run through it. But um, I found Deer Island, by the way. Did oh, you? let's see it. Let's see it. We can go back to this. Check it out. You can, you can pull it up? No, I'm not. Okay. Give me <laughs> I'm going to add to, man. It's a gin talking. <laughs> Who's gin? Heavily forested. Yep, heavily forested. So we unfortunately don't get a good look. Here's a little something right there. Generous temple. Yeah, there's a little house or whatever. Um, another house down here in the trees. Uh, so yeah, you don't get a whole lot of uh, like on Little Saint James, you don't get to see the full. Wow. Full but when you zoom out, yeah, it's pretty uh pretty remote, I guess you could say. You know. Yeah, it's kind of like in. There's like other islands nearby, but it's pretty yeah. secluded. And you know, God Think knows of the atrocities that are going out there. Do what? Think of the atrocities that are going out there. What's what's that on the other side down there? Kind of kind of like right below the 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 words Deer Island. Yeah, you see a little opening. What is what is that over there? That right, right there. No, no, no. Uh, opposite direction. Right, well, there's a tennis court. Oh, look at that! Wow. Go to, the, go to the right on the edge. Yeah. What is that? Uh, looks like a little boat. Uh, boat ramp, maybe a little. Uh, okay. Yeah. Is that a dot you can click right beside it? No. Yeah. Uh, no. 
Yeah, tennis court right there. So they play tennis. This might have been a little football field, maybe. A little rugby what action. What other openings do we got? This is probably like a walking, walking. So this uh, is uh, Deer Island, right? This is it. Yep. So this is like the uh, entry level Bohemian Grove type scenario. Oh uh, yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely definitely similar with its secrecy and rituals. Huh. And I'm sure I'm sure it's a very well uh, secured island. I'm sure you just can't take a little boat over there and wander around. Yeah, there's no um there's that's no a, Google uh street view anywhere near it, so wow. that's a big island. Nothing. Yeah, well I was just uh I was I was gonna go into a little bit about George Bush and a couple things that I, I feel have a connection with the skull and bones um one of them being the uh uh what did i call it the october surprise yeah october surprise so um it refers to an alleged secret deal between members of the reagan bush campaign and uh i ran during the 1980s u.s presidential election so the <laughs> allegations suggest that reagan and bush campaign team including george hw bush his father was prescott bush negotiated with Iran to delay the release of American hostages until after the election in order to harm President Jimmy Carter's re-election chances. So the meeting occurred in Europe. They paid $40 million to Iran and promised billions of military equipment if the hostages were not released until after the elections because they were worried if they released that it would help Carter because he was trying to release them. So history is made. Reagan Bush got the election and they kept their word. And um, so what was interesting about all this is that the house uh, investigated, investigated it. Right. And they found out that Carter knew of the Bush Iranian scheme of him communicating with them to keep those hostages. And Carter kept quiet to keep his hands clean and didn't want any part in, and getting in front of that with, with their connection. And I really feel from everything I was seeing about that is Carter knew he was in a, he, he was outside of a group that was taken over. If that right. makes sense. Right. He knew he, yeah. It's almost like he was the last, you know, like he was the last individual thinking president. So right. then you have the operation under Reagan and Bush administrations. Um, this is uh, referred to as the Iran-Contra affair. Have you ever heard of that? Which oh, yeah. occurred during the Reagan administration in the 1980s. Again, so you, you know, put Reagan up on this high pedestal here, and you start seeing all this stuff with Bush. Bush was really somebody not to fuck around with. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you don't know about it, what it was, the, the Iran-Contra uh, affair involved the covert sales of arms to the Medellin cartel and the Contra, a rebel group in Nicaragua, transportation of drugs, particularly cocaine, into the United States through Mena, Arkansas. Bill Clinton, by the way, governor of Arkansas at the time. It was alleged that drugs were flown into Mena using uh, aircraft associated with covert CIA operations and then distributed throughout the country. I would say alleged. I don't even know why I, I, I copied and pasted that in there, but it's not even alleged. I mean, that's what was going on. The operation was conducted by members of the Reagan administration, including George H.W. Bush, who they said was the only person that they knew who had have, have the ties to make this work. 
they put together um, a, a committee, obviously, uh, George W. Bush, Oliver North, William Casey. The Iran-Contra affair was highly controversial, leading to investigations, congressional hearings, criminal charges for some involved. But y'all remember a, a guy named Barry Seal. So this is who they made the movie uh, American Made after. Y'all, Tom Cruise movie, he goes in these planes, stays at low levels. They say you want to stay below like 4,000 feet, stay off radar, and you're basically running uh, cocaine for the CIA. Well, the movie is great, but uh, I don't know how, you know, I, I feel like it was a little bit more, um, he got chased around a lot, but apparently uh, the CIA was in on it. They didn't get chased at all. It was just a back and forth thing. Uh, taking arms down there to help the cartels and uh, bringing cocaine back. So Barry Seal, who ran the op operations and assisted the CIA with setting up the training camps in Arkansas for the project, was granted immunity when he testified at the end of all this. He said he had flown personally more than 20 tons of cocaine. He was one individual, and there were multiple individuals that were doing the same thing. And uh, the U.S. Congress conducted an investigation into Mena, Arkansas, and its findings confirmed drug trafficking on part of the CIA, and its investigations was led by Senator John Kerry, member of Skull and Bones, mm -hmm. and the word Bush is nowhere to be found in the reports that came up. So you have a brethren who kept you out of all that chaos when, when the deed went down and the reports came out. You have a brethren, member of the Skull and Bones, covering your ass. So right. that your name's not in there and your son becomes president. Um, and your son being George W. Bush, Skull and Bones. So you want to talk about the history of Skull and Bones and the impact of America, you can simply go back to the Bush. So it's not just coincidence that George W. Bush was part of the Skull and Bones. No, it is every which way around it protection to get to that point mm -hmm. right. and uh i mean you can't so that was just a couple examples I mean, obviously there's more but um well speaking of uh prescott bush there's a big conspiracy around what he may have uh got retrieved if you will and brought it back to the tomb mm -hmm. mr big bonesman do you know what i'm talking about no, but I thought it was going to be a perverted joke. <laughs> I think you. I think the UFO vape blower down there knows what I'm talking about. Yes, I think I do. They like to collect things, historical artifacts, uh, morbid artifacts. And what um, what do they have allegedly in the tomb in New Haven, Connecticut, on Yale's campus? I'm going to go with. Geronimo's skull. You're correct. There it is. Game we need they to stole do. it from his his burial site. Yeah, yeah. Retrieved uh, it from apparently from Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And they just have it. Wasn't right. it like a picture they were posing with too? Like uh, I, I, think, I, was, I think I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, I think have, I, I think during like initiation or something they have to touch it or something denigrate it somehow um get their sharpie and write their name on it very disrespectful but 
Fuck the skull and you're in the club. <laughs> Your words, not mine. <laughs> Let's see. Why One hour, gentlemen, minutes. that is not how you get into room 2008. <laughs> No, you gotta do way worse things than that. <laughs> I gotta mute my. So yeah, that's um that, that's one of the biggest conspiracies, uh, you know, of the Bush family. Obviously, going back to his grandfather is stole the the famous Indian Geronimo's bones, his, particularly his skull, and it is housed in the tomb that nobody's allowed to go into. Huh? Wow. We should go check that out this weekend. Don't they have other skulls? Huh? Like they have they have other fam- like famous historical figure skulls, I believe. I just can't remember. They have a, apparently they have a good bit of skulls in there, but that uh, the only one I've come across that's actually famous would be Geronimo's. Mm. So, hmm. who knows why? Why? why, why they, yeah, like why would they want his skull specifically? I'd never know. guess that in a, in a conspiracy trivial, you know, trivia pursuit, whatever we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be a good question that would come it up. Is a good question, yeah. Conspiracy mania. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. The, um, what what else do you have on the uh, how it's infiltrated every political? Well, we got the we got the NASA connection. We have a connection to the Germans. Um, let me find let me find the picture. Uh, I had I had something real quick. They're behind America's biggest pastime. Um. I had a I had a little bit here on John Kerry. I, I thought I'd touch on that for a second. This is this is that insider article. Um, the former Secretary of State and Senator from Massachusetts, Kerry, spent a childhood abroad with his diplomat father before attending Yale, gaining membership in the Skull and Bones. While at Yale, he served as president of the Yale Political Union. Although his candidacy his candidacy in two thousand four presidential race didn't end quite as well. Carey's period as an on-campus bonesman just missed by two years intersecting with the man who would become, who would come to challenge in that messy political head-to-head. So Bush again. So it was Carey and Bush. You know, battling it out. He also goes to Antarctica a lot. So we touch on, 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 uh, I was going to say we touch on Bush a lot, but I'm trying to reword that. Um, so we touch on that a lot with the skull and bones, but the reality is this, that's, that's who's ultimately making the final decisions. But when you have like a president, Supreme court justice, senators, congressmen, uh, um, then you have the, um, people that are, uh, uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for? The people that are representing America through other countries. Uh, well, these, these elites yeah, are, are at the they- same time. You have all these people at the same time. It's not like they're different parts of time. A lot of them are all in politics at the same time. You have complete domination of policy. and um, They make all the rules. They have all the power. um, And it's secret. And nobody can do anything about it. And they laugh all the way to the bank. The rules don't apply to them. Laws don't ultimately apply to them. They don't have to worry about money. It's just, uh, as George Carlin said, it's a big club and we ain't in it. Yeah, and, and according to this book, America's Secret Establishment, uh, historically operations of the order have concentrated on society, how to change society in a specific manner towards a specific goal, a new world order. We know the elements in society, we know the elements in society that will have to be changed in order to bring about this new world order. 
but we can examine the order's actions in this context. So, I mean, it goes into how they penetrated education, finance, law, politics, everything. And wasn't it Bush Sr. that uh, gave a speech about the New World Order? Yeah, he said it verbatim. And, uh, yeah, he used the term New World Order. And it was his father who was financing a lot of the Nazi war efforts. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then those dudes came over here and founded NASA and Operation. they worked on Operation Paperclip, as we've discussed many times on the show. But um, th- this, is, this is all part of the dot connecting uh, process that we're doing. Here. It makes the world feel really small when you're talking about one college university. Right. And all this is about is rich up here and then poor people down here get rid of the middle class. Get rid of the middle class. And keep in mind, they only take 15 members a year. It's not like, right? You know, yeah. And there's only, there's only seven, eight hundred members, active members at a, at a given time. Right. You know, so it's not like there's millions upon millions of people across the globe that are, you know, members. It's it's a very very small, relatively small group of people. Right. And, yeah, and not everyone gets into Yale. Yeah. Or any Ivy League. But we're gonna try. It is. Uh, it's really unbelievable. You think about that small group within a small college controlling a lot of your uh, government. Yep. 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 So, yeah, I mean, I got a lot more other stuff. I know we've been kind of running along here. Um, I mean, I got some stuff about the interior of the of the hall. Uh, I got some uh, stuff about the satanic uh, symbolism behind the skull. Um, Give me I'm a little stuff to you. Yeah. Let me uh, let's go back. Let me see if I can find it. Because uh, you you mentioned a pentagram, and that's uh, that's interesting because uh, there's there's always some occult dark arts angle to all of this, mm-hmm. uh, just like the grove. Um, there's there's so many examples. So according to uh, artist Elizabeth Stuckey, the skull is its mortality unmasked. The opposite of the mask is the skull. The face of the person is a fleshy skin worn between the two. People who deny the person is made in the image of God directly and individually created and loved by him will seek either of these exist to being truly human. The mask which covers the mortal man or the skull which is left after mortal man has departed. Uh, Primitive minds who have not yet found God and sophisticates who have rejected him desire the mask and the skull. So... um, so, yeah, it's just, I mean, I mean, you got, you know, instances of sat- uh, Satanism. Um, they call themselves the Brotherhood of Death. Why so dark, it's, Peter? It's like a death cult. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that spills over into a lot of these elites are obsessed with death and uh, conquering it. And we're seeing, uh, you know, technological advances that they feel like could possibly lead to them living forever mm-hmm. um that's why you got like ray like ray kurzweil the big the big tech guy uh he's he's obsessed with conquering death and uh i think that's what this is ultimately about because they like think about it like this if you had all the money in the world and all the power you would want to keep all that you wouldn't want to die mm-hmm. and and you would you would think that you have enough money to fund the science that could potentially cure death, which you can't. 
but they think if you can turn the brain into software, see now, now they're onto something. But it's like still, Futurama. right? But still, you die. There's no escaping it, and they're willing to collapse the middle class and automate everything, and completely dehumanize everything. We were talking about how the WEF wants a basically an unmanned government. That's what they want. That's what the death cult is. They want to get rid of mankind. Yeah, people that really believe that they're so smart that they can't fathom a world without them involved. Right. So these are just a couple of pictures. Um, this is how they pose, I guess. Um, I don't know if I can zoom in. They're not throwing that up is... any uh, gangster signs or anything. But you can see their... Yeah, I guess I can't. I don't know, but you can see right here there. There's a skull on the table. That they That's supposed to be Geronimo's skull, I think. I think one of those two pictures is the one that. Well, this this is before Geronimo's skull was dug up. Oh, okay. This is uh, this top one's from this top one's from 1888. The bottom one's from 1990, and uh, Geronimo's skull wasn't dug up until Prescott Bush was in there, which was I think 1917. Uh, so, oh, Prescott, classic Prescott. Oh, it was a doozy. I think, um, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's got the whole uh, membership roster in this book, like dating all the way back, all the way uh, from 1800s all the way to like 1992. Very informative book. Um, I could have swore I came across, let me see if I can find it, George Bush's picture with his class. Oh, wow, well, I haven't it. seen that. These people are evil, man. Especially the bushes. Yeah, they're they're uh, yeah, the bushes are, yeah. But you know what? It's it switched around. It's like you have ever since like Obama. It's, I think it's turned as far as families. You know, like the Bush family was our heir. You know, as far as like when we were growing up, and they were a family that you'd look at and you kind of trust, and the whole. 9-11 thing and going to wars and all that. It's like that was backed by a family that has a history of just you know, it's very eye-opening when you really oh. start looking into this. As simple as skull and bones, you know? This is interesting. Uh, I just I just Googled this. Obama and President Bush are 10th cousins. Once removed, linked by Samuel Hinckley of Cape Cod who died in 1662. Pitt and Obama are 9th cousins linked by Edwin Hickman, who died in Virginia in 1776. So they're related. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, here's, uh, here's Bush and his, uh, um, whatever you call him. Is that W? Yeah, that's that? W. Another big uh, symbolism in Skull and Moses is the grandfather clock. Because hmm. time yeah. is running out. Don't they're obsessed with but... death. Maybe. That might be what it is. I mean, skull and bones, that's death. Yep. Um, and, you know, you've heard Alex Jones call these people a death cult. It's another thing that he's right about. They're obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they don't they don't value human life. <clears throat> 9-11. You know, Bush was... He wasn't directly behind all of it, but he was. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's just a... It, it, it's organized crime. It's the mob, essentially. But it's like, 
it's like a an elite mob. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much more stuff we can go into on this, but you know, as, as you said, time's running out. So, um, let's let's get some quick, super quick final thoughts. What do you think, Lance? Damn, put me on the spot. All right, so uh, I see why they do it. They want to be part of a group. The elites, the fathers who are elites want their sons to be elites and they want the family thing to go through and they have to have an organization where people will respect their, um, their status and policy is the only way they can keep their power. So I see why it's going on and I think it goes on to today, but I don't think Biden went to Yale. I don't think all these other corrupt politicians went to Yale. So I think it's a, it's a dead society that had its heyday and we're uh, interested in it now, but it was really a thriving thing yeah. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, to 100 years ago. Vape blower, real quick. I think it's still thriving. The influence of these people still goes uh, deep. And um, like I said, I, I think they're obsessed with death. And their their ranks have infiltrated you know, all a- aspects of, of our lives and society. And, uh, they, they have, uh, you know, immense control over, over, uh, you know, uh, everything from the economy to entertainment, what's on your screen. And, uh, it's, it's, it's getting harder and harder to find like the old juicy stuff on this. Like, uh, you know, not, not directly related to this, it was really hard for me to find that video of Biden earlier, uh, the the one of him at the Council of Foreign Relations. Pulled right up for me. Um, I, well, speed, just, internet speed. I had to, I had to find it on Twitter. Couldn't find it on Reddit. Oh, obviously. okay, I see. Couldn't find it on Google or DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo is done. It's it's just Google. Um, but that's the whole thing about it's it's all about secrecy, but really they're kind of bad at it because we I mean. We've connected so many dots here. Um, uh, it's it's all connected. This is it's the same crap as Bohemian Grove. It's a super secretive club where they do weird shit, and uh, it it might have it, it, it definitely involves Satanism. I mean, we mentioned the pentagram, and then if we look at Bohemian Grove, we see the burning of a human effigy. They're wearing robes and uh, you know doing speeches about blood and drinking blood. It's just weird death cult stuff, yeah. and it's real. Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle. Um, I, I'm I kind of side with Mr. Big Bonesman there. Um, I think it's like you. It was once a thriving thing where people did have control, and now it's like you're. It's like you're initiated into being the puppet. Yeah, because I don't. That, I, I don't think they. At the end of the day, I don't think they pull the strings. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely something above them. George Bush, he was very uh, like just 23 years ago, we had two presidential elections, or, or one one presidential election with two bonesmen mm. is what I meant to yep. say. Yep. Kerry versus Bush. So, um, yeah, I just I, I think they're currently. I think it's an initiation to be the puppet. Yeah, that makes sense. Grooming future elites. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah, and family is the reason why they have to stick with their uh, with their beliefs because they can't go against the family. Yeah. So, well, 
that was our deep dive our infiltration if you will into the skull and bones into the tomb tried to go over a good bit of background it's it's so deep um you know not only who's involved in it but just the history so uh if you have any interest any uh, anything we did not talk about that you want to hear about skull and bones shoot us an email room 2008 ent at com. follow us on twitter room 2008 ent2 follow us on tiktok instagram room 2008 ent and join us next time uh, if you follow us on twitter you'll get to know what we're talking about before we do it so yeah see us then it's going to be crazy it's going to be gory and fun so uh, on that note room 2008 is out Oh,